Well, make sure you drink your tea. I do. I am. Okay, good. Well, thank you. Thank you for I'm giving worried. me the opportunity. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode five of Hearing Hoffas. Who would have guessed we'd get to five episodes? Okay, so a couple things that we wanted to talk about before we start on this next poem. The first thing is that we've gotten some questions about, you know, when when's the next episode coming around? Like, how am I going to find out? And uh, I just want to remind everyone that uh, this is a podcast that's available on a lot of your standard podcast streaming platforms so like for example spotify or apple podcasts and what you can do is through those mediums uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts you can click subscribe and that way you will get automatic updates when we upload a new poem when we upload a new episode so that way you know exactly when there's new content coming and you're not missing out on anything the second thing, and uh, we didn't quite discuss this at the outset of this podcast, and maybe we should have, but the, the way that we're doing this podcast structurally is we're not, let me put it this way, we've been asked why we don't do sort of a clean cut translation of the poems before we discuss, and one of the motivations for doing this project, especially in the form of a podcast, is that Yadi and I both agree that Hafez's poems, given the sheer amount of complexity and artistry that goes into it, having a direct translation of his poems doesn't really do it justice. And that being able to do this as a conversation and spending time going line by line, sometimes word for word, helps us to sort of dig up a lot of the nuances that makes Hafez's poetry as beautiful as it is. And so that's why we've refrained from having a very easily digestible translation because, well, the truth is that Hafez's poems are not really easily digestible if you want to find out exactly how these poems are constructed. So anyhow, that's why we're doing things the way that we are. Now, I hope that we can get better at it as we go, and I'm sure we will, um, to make things smoother and as easy as possible to digest, but that's just the rationale behind what we've done. So with that being said, we're going to start with our poem for today. It's a peculiar poem, and we'll discuss why that is as we go on. However, for the meantime, we're giving this poem a very simple name, Yaram, which approximately means my love. در دیر مغان آمد یارم قدهی در دست مست از می و میخاران از نرگس مستش مست مست از می و میخاران از نرگس مستش مست در نعل سمند او شکل مهنو پیدا و از قد بلند او بالای سنوبر پس آخر به چه گویم هست از خود خبرم چون نیست و از بحر چه گویم نیست با وی نظرم چون هست شمع دل دمسازم بنشست چه او برخواست و افغان زن نظربازان برخواست چه او بنشست گر قالی خوشبو شد در گیسوی او پیچید ور وسم کمون کش گشت 
در ابروی او پیوست بازا که باز آید عمرش شده ی حافظ هرچند که ناید باز تیری که بشد از شهست Okay, let's start with the first mesta, the first bait. Okay. Dar deir mughan aamad yaram qadahi dar dast. Mast az meyo meykharan, mast az meyo meykharan az nargis mastash mast. Dar deir mughan aamad yaram qadahi dar dast, my loved one, came to the Zoroastrian temple, I assume, you know, it's a... No, it's, it's better. No. What was the word for that? There was the data. Uh, data Moran. Data Moran. Data Moran. Uh, there's Magi uh, Temple, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So basically, uh, I think we described this um, earlier in one of our previous episodes that Hafiz, Hafiz is right. Sufi, mm-hmm. which is a, a sect of. Islam and uh, again encourage anyone who wants to know more to to do their research. But the the I don't know like the gathering place the the place of of worship uh, for Sufis is not actually a a, a mosque. It's it's not a mosque. It's what's known as a Deir Moran. Yeah. And so so the name Deir Moran is actually interesting because Moran is sort of the name of like a a priest. But a priest specifically in the Zoroastrian tradition. Mm-hmm. And actually, the name goes back even further to a religion which predates Zoroastrianism that's known as Mithraism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's exactly. very interesting. But Data Moran is basically a temple where the Morans are found. Yeah. And so I think the, the name is Moran in Persian, but in English, it's actually Magi, which interestingly enough, actually is the root for the English word um, magician it comes from Magi, also known as Moran. So anyways, this is, he's basically depicting this scene in this temple, the gathering place of Sufis and says that his love has entered the room. Well, I'll let you explain. The, yeah. I was carrying Qadah, you know, they were carrying Qadah, you know, themselves you know. and Qada is is uh, like a, a jar you know a jar that has you know it's a bowl it's a bowl it's a bowl that has a, a wine that like for like for two people you know, you know two people wine you know. mm-hmm. it's not that big it's not that small you know it's, it's something that has you know, enough good you know for wine I ask you for maybe most probably for two people you know okay sharing maybe yeah Should I go to the next one? Uh-huh. Then, Mast as Mayo, Mayharon as Nargis Mastash Mast was like a drunken eye, you know. Was, and um, so all, uh, all these drinkers that they were already in this uh, um, uh, day, uh, in the temple, uh, the temple, and uh, they, uh, they became uh, drunk too, you know. by watching her you know mm-hmm. it was so fascinating you know that you know they they like you know they feeling like you not know, they, they were drunk you know yeah mm-hmm. also to note he says nagus uh-huh. right? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. which which we mentioned this before right. narcissus uh-huh. which in the um persian tradition means like a drunk observer but is typically used right. to refer to like the eyes of a drunk right. woman mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's how we can project um 
like a, a female identity onto right. his love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for reminding and connecting with the previous poems. Yeah. Um, means that in the yellow horse, you know. Yellow horses are rare, right? Very rare. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's yeah. called a salmon. Uh -huh. The horseshoe of this yellow horse, if you look at it, uh, it is almost yellowish, you know. But how could you see that? Uh, that means that this horse is over the clouds, you know, and in the sky, it's just beyond, you know, this place, you know, it's there, the horse is there. And then the loved one also uh, is so tall and good uh, uh, shape and fascinating, like, you know, uh, even the sarv, um, the cypress trees, cypress street, which is the symbol of the you know, beauty for the woman, is in a tall woman. Uh, it, it was even taller than that. You know, she was taller than that. You know. But then the image is that you can see her, that lady with this specification on the yellow horse, you know, and is on in uh, on, in a sky, you know, like in you know, beyond the cloud, you know, so that you can see uh, the horseshoe of this yellow horse that she's riding on. Okay, so so I can get this. There's a lot of imagery here. So Hafez is saying that his love, right? Whoever this this woman, he says that she is very tall, taller than a cypress tree. Okay, and I assume that this is telling us something about sort of the beauty standards, or at least Hafez's idea of like female beauty at his time, like in Iran in Shiraz. Yeah. Um. So that was the standard, but. That she is riding a horse, a yellow horse, which is rare. Right. And we know that she's riding this horse up in the sky because when he talks about the shape of the horseshoe, right? And it's a yellow horse, so presumably it's like he's saying that the horseshoe is kind of yellowish shape. He's associating that crescent shape of the horseshoe with the crescent shape of the moon. Perfect, yeah. And so he's almost saying like when you look up at the moon, that crescent shape yeah. is actually resembling... Yeah. Or is, is telling us that that is the horseshoe, you got it. that horse's yeah. shoe up there. So yeah. she's flying high in the sky. Flying high in the sky. On top of this horse. Okay. You got it. You got it so nicely. That's very good. Thanks. Yeah. Then now uh, specifies the feeling now in her own, his own feeling. How could I say that I'm aware, I'm conscious, you know, that... I'm not. How could I say that I'm not paying attention to her, to her? While I have attention, I have something, a specific attention uh, that is called Nazar. Mm -hmm. Because sky, Hafiz, yeah. is Nazar Baz. Uh, I have Nazar. I have a specific attention and viewing this, you know, and Nazar Bozan are the people that uh, when they look at something beautiful, specifically something beautiful, and they feel that, okay, this is the aperture, this is the gate that you can 
travel from here to the own absolute beauty. These guys, these guys are called Nazarbazan. People who do this. Uh -huh. So she's so beautiful and she ha he has Nazar. He has a specific attention to this beauty because then she can, he can voyage from now on, you know, and I going see. to the feeling. You so know. getting lost in the beauty. Right. Okay. They call those people Nazarbaz. Nazarbaz, yeah. Interesting. Uh -huh. So, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so if I understand this correctly, in the first message of this bait, uh -huh. he's saying, you know, how, how can I claim that I am like aware of myself when I'm not? Mm -hmm. And then he says, how, how can I avoid how could i say that i'm not paying attention how can i say I that i'm not observing i don't see this yeah yeah while i am right right so he's basically saying like it's impossible not to notice not her to notice this is the time that since i'm rende i am nazarbaz you know rendu nazarbaz you know yeah. so this is the moment you know to go to voyage you know right <laughs> yeah should I go to the next one? Yeah, let's go to the next one. Shame dele dam sozam benshas to barhost. Bafran the Nazarbazan barhost to benshas. I will go to the first misra. Shame dele dam sozam benshas to barhost means that this candle that is in my heart that is burning, you know, uh, uh, burning of missing her, you know. This uh, candle and the flame of it, flame of this candle inside my heart, becomes quiet when she stands up, you know. Uh, apparently, when she is in and most probably passing the bowl of uh, wine, you know, and sharing the, all these uh, guys that are sitting there, you know, including him, uh, Hafiz, and then when... When she stand up, you know, I said, oh, that is the moment that I'm going to get, you know, a wine from her, you know. And uh, so uh, then I become cool. I, I, I become cool, relaxed. Anxiety uh, goes and, away. Yeah, it's gone. And there is, there is no burning uh, uh, flame or heart. And then uh, because she's here anyway, I know that she's here to stand up, you know, yeah. because it's the moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my sitting, my calm down, and means is associated with her rise and stand up, you know. <clears throat> but when after maybe serving or sharing, with, and then she sat down, when she sat down and everybody got this message that, oh, no more wine, no more sharing, no, no moment, the, the previous moment or whatever before. You know? And then say that these guys, all everybody that are in that temple are Nazarbaz, are rend, you know, as I mentioned in previous. You know, so so they, they became sad. All, all, of them, all of a sudden, you know, that was a sudden moment for everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. I like that he uses Ben Shan. Uh, he uses he uses the action of sitting two ways here. First, in the first message here, he says he he refers to his the candle, the flame inside him, 
when it turns off, when it goes down, mm -hmm. right? He called, he says that it sits. Sit. He uses the word sitting for that. Mm -hmm. And then he uses obviously sitting when he refers to this, um, this woman when she takes a seat. Right, exactly. This is your beautiful. This mm -hmm. is one of those things that, you know, Hafez does, you know. Yeah. At the beginning, you know, um, uh, as you said, that, you know, there's flame is going to off, you know, sit down, and then when she's standing, standing up, up, means that that's the moment, okay, you're right. Yeah. It is and interesting that he does that. Where exactly. His, when she stands up, his flame sits down. Sit down. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And then Afghan means sadness, and oh, actually, here, uh, Afghan, but Afghan, disappointed. They 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 complain, so they make noise, you know. Afghan, oh, like this, you know. Mm -hmm. Wow, you know. I mean, how come, you know? So uh, this all Nazar Bazan and Rendan, uh, and their voice, you know, raised, you know. When she sits down. Uh, yeah, and but when she sat down. Yeah, that's good. Exactly. Thank you for. Getting that soon quickly and meticulously. You're welcome. Gar Kali Khushbu Shud Dargi Suye Upichi Var Vasme Kamankash Gash Dar Abruye Upe Vast. Kaliye, the first Mr. Gar Kali Khushbu Shud Dargi Suye Upichi, Kaliye actually is hair cream. It's something like hair cream, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, they used to just touch their hair and, you know, and so that it's going to smell so good, you know. Mm -hmm. But in, here he says that, oh, uh, um, if you feel that Qaliya uh, is, uh, presumably is with a smell, you know, and then you put in your hair, says that, oh, the Qaliya originally is uh, is not, uh, this uh, hair cream originally is not, had didn't have a good smell. Got good smell because it was used in uh, her hair. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then var vasme kaman kashgash dar abruy upe vast means a brow pencil, for example, that you use, you know, to uh, draw in eyebrows. Oh, uh, your eyebrows, you know, and yeah. make it so beautiful and uh, like bow, you know, bow shaped type. You know? yeah. And so Abru is bow shaped up. Yeah. So, but the, you use it to make it a more darkened, you know, more attractive, you know. Um, you use, uh, today we use the, say, pencil, bra pencil or something of that. But over there, you know, they call it Vasme. The, the Vasme is uh, actually bra pencil, something of that nature. It has a little bit of things, you know, the right. tip of it, you know, it's a, a 14th fashion. century brow pencil. Right, right. Okay. Right. And says so that. Uh, if uh, you see this vasme um, uh, pencil is bended, uh, it was not bended originally. No. It got the habit of bending from the bow shape and bending shape of her eyebrow you know, mm -hmm. to be in what is that uh, in in, um, in harmony with the, with the eyebrow you know, and. Uh, uh, got the habit of you know become like that yeah. like eyebrow like uh, like bow yeah something like that so originally it was not bow shape you know? mm -hmm. that got the bow shape after using you right. know, the eyebrow you know? so in both of these misra of this bait mm -hmm. he's basically telling us that like those those tools which we use to to augment beauty mm -hmm. right the beauty doesn't come from those tools. Those tools God. actually get their beauty from the individual. 
this that that exaggeration of how beautiful she was. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what her purpose is like. That you get that impression. Uh, last misra, uh, last bait, and the first misra of last bait is bazoi ke bazoyat umre shode yahapes. Is referring to uh, his loved one, the same person. Say, uh, come on, you know, if you uh, the whole my whole life, you know, have been waiting for this moment to see you, to visit you, you know, to meet you, you know, um, my whole. Life, you know, umbra office. If you come and if I meet you, and then it seems that you know I got my last life, my last oh, eight, those many ages, those you know, years that have passed by. Years of, uh, I'll my, get them all back. Yeah, yeah, and then I got it back, you know. Okay, but a reward, you know. So I got it back by me. And the last one after that, it says, oh, by the way. Although that, if you threw a, a, a an arrow from a bow in bow and arrow, I know that is not gonna be back. The arrow is gone. Mm -hmm. And in this case, in this missa, when he says, "If if you send, if you launch a bow, right. it won't come back," he's not launch saying launch an arrow in the bow. Yeah, if you launch a bow Sorry. and arrow, mm -hmm. he say, "If you launch an arrow, mm -hmm. yeah, it won't come back." Mm -hmm. But he's saying that sort of in general, if anyone launches an arrow, they know it doesn't come back. So um, he's saying that, you know, my desire is that, you know, my, I know that my whole life is going to be back. And then if I see you now, you know, but, uh, but uh, is, this is a question is in the referring to us and to readers, you know, that, oh, but we know that, uh, in, the arrow is gone, life is gone, uh, my life is gone, you know, and then you are gone, the chance of meeting you is so slim. Something like this is my impression. If there is any other message, you know, then we have to find out what's going on. Okay, so I thought that this was a very uh, different kind of poem than what we've read so far, because to me, there's not a very clear message here. And well, I see this poem basically in two parts. Mm -hmm. There's everything, there's, there's the last misa of the last bait, and then there's everything else. So yeah, 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 yeah. He spends all of, how many baits was this? This was, yeah, the same six. Yeah, six baits. Mm -hmm. So he spends five and a half baits glorifying his loved one, mm -hmm. and then the last bait he brings it all crashing down, right. and he says, "Well, it's basically never going to happen." Yeah. yeah. Why do you Why do you think that he does that? Are you asking me? I'm asking you. Yeah. <laughs> A uh, simple uh, thing that comes to my mind that, that I shouldn't get in a hold of the sing, uh, single simple things and about the you know, interpretation of the harvest you know, uh, is that uh, uh, fantasizing, you know, he, he's fantasizing something. So this might be a dream of his. Oh, dream of his, right. Mm, and he wakes up from his dream. Right, right, right. And he says that never happens. Right, right. That's possible, yeah. 
it could also be based on a real situation uh-huh. for authors. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. you mean there's some this happened some happened someday, you know, or was used to be, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, see. Okay. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. It just I think Which means that we had a nice time, huh? But nothing. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. I that see. this is a real person uh-huh, and he uh-huh, and uh-huh. so he's reflecting on someone he knew who he loved and uh-huh, was uh-huh. like, Well yeah. it's never gonna happen. That is a good good version too. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting because Hafez gives us makes us ponder uh-huh. the situation at the very end of the poem versus normally it happens somewhere before the very end. Right. Yeah. Normally. Normally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Normally. Uh-huh. Yeah. But this is a sudden uh, surprise. Sudden surprise at the very end. I thought that this is so. He spends a lot of time, very colorful imagery, discussing and basically hyping up right. this person who he he loves, for example. And I think he gives us a lot of insight into maybe his idealization of beauty. But he also, in that sixth bait, where he's talking about, you know, the, the hair cream to make the hair smell nice. and The fifth one. Uh, the, oh, was it the oh, fifth one? Uh, You're right. Yeah. So the, the, on the uh, fifth bait. The first five or you mean all the first five? No, 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 no. Uh-huh. Okay. So in the fifth bait, just the fifth bait. Oh, the fifth one. Uh-huh. The, yeah. Both of the Messiah and the fifth bait uh-huh. are talking about, you know, there's the hair cream to make the hair uh-huh, smell uh-huh. and also like the the eye the brow pencil to make the the eyebrows look nice and he is basically saying you know you can take it one of two ways mm-hmm. one way would fit much better with everything else that he's been saying about this person that they're right. so beautiful so attractive whatever that even those things which we typically use to confer beauty to like augment beauty uh-huh. right those things get their beauty from you. That's how beautiful this person is. Alternatively, you can also look at it, the, this is probably the way that I prefer to look at it uh-huh, too, uh-huh. is that Hafez is saying that like individuals themselves can be the definitions, can create the definition of beauty. So what I mean by that is like when Hafez says that if you look at this eyebrow pencil and it has like a curved shape, it gets its curved shape not by itself, but by being used on your eyebrows. And that curvature, I assume, to be like a sim- like a, uh, a symbol of beauty, right? The curved eyebrow. So he's saying that the individuals themselves are responsible for defining what beauty looks like. Wow. Wow. This is very nice. I like to think of it that yeah, way. This is very nice. That Hafez is saying that, you know, we... Because this might very well be in Hafez's head. Which is saying that all of these fantasies about attractiveness and beauty, right, are stuck somewhere between what the standards are at the time and what the individuals themselves create as standards right. for beauty. So yeah. Yeah. I, I like it, Kia. I really appreciated that. That was yeah. very empowering. Yeah, this is very nice. Yeah. And um, giving more value to. Uh, to the loved ones, you know, the human being, and then yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, yourself, I mean, uh, herself. Wow. Oh, yeah. And there's one other thing in the last bait, uh-huh. the first message out of the last bait, where he says, you know, if if we're able to be together, it will make up for all the, I'll get back all the years that I missed you. So he's kind of saying that love 
transcends time. That's that it's worth waiting for. Mm-hmm. Because you might miss out on love mm-hmm. for who knows how many years. Mm-hmm. But when it comes around, it will make up for all of the lost time. Mm-hmm. You'll get all of that back. Mm-hmm. Almost is nothing is comparable to that, right? To love. Well, it seems that according to Hafiz, it's that way. Yeah. Yeah. You can get it, huh? Yeah. Wow. So it depends. Huh? Is that means it is there? That means it is eternal, huh? Maybe is it that the the that, love is eternal? That love is eternal. Well, I don't know what that what love is eternal that, really that means. Now, huh? I don't know what that means. Love mm-hmm. is eternal, but I think he's just saying that, like from a very human perspective, you might be longing for love and attachment for a very long time, yeah. but that when when it comes around, don't shy from it. Like if you if you take advantage of the opportunity to fall in love and be with that person that you love, it will make up for all the years that you missed out on being with them. Right, I got that. Yeah. I was thinking that, you know, very short, you know, very, can I say something? Yeah. Uh, that, um, it's, imagine, I don't want to, imagine two people that they love each other, like in the office, in this one, and then uh, his loved one. And then, uh, so love is there at any moment, um, as long as office is there, right? But, uh, but the same thing happens to the other people too, right? And so that means who is surviving here, you know? Who is there always, you know? Hafiz comes and goes, you know? Hafiz is, you know, these people, you know, the loved ones, they come and then the, the people that are fall in love. But there is something here that uh, is repeatedly comes to among different generations, different things and is something that always is there independent of uh, time, independent of s- uh, space, independent of a, a, a stage, independent in between two things, you know, or one and among different, you know, or all together, you know, they love each other. There's something that is always there, you know. Do, 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 do you know? Well, what is that something? I don't know. Half of it says that it's a love one. As you, mean, you mentioned, mm. the love. Okay? Yeah. Not the love one. The love. Like love in general. Uh, love in general. No? Means that, that there is something that looks looks eternal, you know. And uh, people, they are getting a stick with each other through this. You know? Yeah. I don't know how, 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 how far we have to go like that. You know what this is made? The way, when you describe it that way, you know what it sounds like? No. You know how by some definitions... Electrons, for example, mm-hmm. are excitations in the electromagnetic field. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that maybe there is Exciting some kind of a, <laughs> that there is a, a universal field of love, mm-hmm. right? And that there happen to be excitations right, right. in in this love yeah, field, yeah, whatever yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. call it. Well, uh, the action of excitation is, you know, it's uh, and it's some state, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's a phenomena, you know, yeah, and uh, that you know, vanishes and but comes back, you know, or you know, or uh, vanishes among two people or something, you know, or a lot of things, you know, yeah. and then uh, then again grow up, you know, and then blooms and comes to the scene, you know, and I, you know, I'm. What is it, you know, that uh, looks, to me, looks like eternal then, you know? Uh, I'm not talking about the concept. 
the the love itself or a kind of manifestation of excitation love. excitation excitation <laughs> yeah let's not to go to physics yeah i was gonna say you you and i are both fans of physics so yeah we i well it's interesting i think that there is a lot of crossover between poetry and physics but we will uh we'll leave that for a discussion about chayom mm -hmm. yeah but this is nice okay. um Anything you want to add? No, I, I enjoyed it. That's very good. And I think so. We, we touched it so far. Uh, we touched everything, you know, I assume. Yeah. Unless yeah. if I remember something later on, but it is, that usually it is late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, just that uh, I think a lot of the analysis in this poem happens in the actual writing of the poem mm -hmm. and less so much in the discussion of what mm -hmm. it means. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Merci, Boba. Thank you, Kia. Merci. Thank you.